welcome to another Long Shot Podcast. I am your host, Mark. It is good to be back again. We've got some stuff to talk about. It's been a crazy week, crazy week in Hornets fandom, I guess. We had the draft to talk about. We got the the impending Kemba Walker free agency to talk about, which now we can really talk about it because it's like less than a week away. Um, and then a couple of other roster situations and things like that I'd like to talk about. We got some listener questions. We uh, we have a full show today, so buckle up, grab a beer, let's talk some Hornets, all right? So, it is, right now, what is it, uh, Wednesday before free agency starting, um, the rumors are, the rumor mill is working overtime, ladies and gentlemen. I have never seen so many people report on shit that they don't know anything about, um, Unless it comes from the Hornets front office, Woj, Shea Serrano, or Kemba himself, I don't believe it. Uh, I mean, how many times have we seen it? How many times How many times are we going to do this where dudes leak to go somewhere and it never even happens? And then you find out three weeks later that he never even talked to him. So what we're going to start with right now is I would like to talk first about the draft. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the draft. I had company in town that I don't get to see very often. One of my best friends on the planet was here. So, uh, I didn't pay any attention. Um, I spent the time with the, the friends and family, but, uh, after finding out who they, who they did draft, my, uh, my react, my response was, meh. I mean, P.J. Washington seems like he's going to be a nice player, but he is seems very redundant to Miles Bridges. And everyone tries to say, no, 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 he's a different player. He's not a different player. He's basically the same guy. He's 6'7", undersized forward, who's got some longer arms and can shoot the three and has some... He's a better rebounder than his size. That's exactly what Bridges is, except he doesn't have as much bounce as Bridges does. So, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm not excited by it, but I'm also not, like, going to burn the building down or anything. My issue was with the second-round picks, who they seem like they just drafted two more forwards, and now we have, like, 57 forwards and no guards. Uh, There was guys out there. Jalen Noel, I talked about him before. I think he would have been great as a 36 pick. Um, this point forward guy they got from Nevada, meh. Like, he can't really shoot, so I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I know that's not a good thing, but I don't know if his his he looks like he wants he's like a Josh McRoberts wannabe, but even McRoberts could shoot, I think. Um, and then the last guy, McDaniel, like, dude has got like sexual weird cases going on right now that was just an idiot pick like that was dumb that, that was just dumb you, with a 50 second pick you don't pick a guy who might have questionable character and might be in trouble with the law like you just don't do that he would have been there as a free agent i guarantee you if you didn't sign if you didn't draft him so that was my problem is that they didn't really they didn't really fix what they needed in the second round of the draft which is what you do 
Like last year, we went out and got, uh, we went out and got Graham because we needed a backup point guard. That made perfect sense. This year, we went and drafted two more forwards, which we don't really need because we've drafted forwards for the first year on pack last year and the first round pick this year. Um, but I digress. It is what it is. Um, uh, I like the fact that they're getting some young guys who can play both ways. I do like that. I do like the fact that they have some guys with defensive upside and they're not one-way players because if they drafted another Frank Kaminsky or Malik Monk, I was going to freak out. Um, so I like the fact that P.J. Washington seems like he can play both ways. He seems like he can be a bruiser. I think he might. I just don't know if he fits next to Bridges, which is my first concern because he's the best rookie we've had since Kemba. So I really don't know how that works if they don't, they can't coincide. Um, but overall, it was a safe, they made a safe pick in the first round. And they kind of, I guess, they have the, Mitch seems like the kind of guy that he kind of locks in on people. And I mean, I, I would have done everything to trade, if it was me, I would have done everything to trade that 52nd pick and the 36th pick to trade up to get Fernando. Like, that was, he seems like he would have been a plug-and-play guy at least off the bench to start. So and at, a, at a position of need, because we have a lot of centers, but they all suck. So, you know, you're probably going to see Biz get, get uh, cut and then stretched, and then you're left with Cody, who can't stay healthy, and uh, and Hernan Gomez, who plays defense like I do. So I really would have liked to have seen them pick up a center in that second round, and there was guys there. I also would have liked to have seen them pick up a guard, a combo guard, someone who could do a little bit. We have nobody on our team besides Kemba right now who can create for their own shot. That's scary as hell. Like, if Kemba leaves, this offense is going to be biblically bad. Like, no no bones about it. If if Nick Batum is your best freaking creator, that is going to be hard to watch. Um, so let's move on. I'd like to move on. There's been the... the I actually have notes, so I'm, I'm, you're catching me look over at notes because I'm getting, I'm getting that professional now where I actually try and write stuff down before I start doing this because I used to just do it off the cuff. Um, so let's go to uh, some listener questions. We actually have, I actually have one, I'm surprised I have listeners, and two, I have enough followers on Twitter where they actually ask me questions, which makes me think that they probably listen, because why would you ask a question if you didn't get the answer? So, the first question is from I'm a Minotaur on Twitter, and he's asking, uh, does he think the Hornets fans are unfairly being critical of Cupcheck, um, basically crucifying him for Cho's mistakes, and I... I think that's partly true. I really do. I think uh, Cupcheck came in in a really tough spot because Cho screwed the book so bad that Cupcheck is now limited to what he can do and how he can do things. Um, he doesn't have any kind of ability to trade and swap guys on the roster because the roster is so full of bums. So he he has a harder hill to climb, but I do think some people are fair in their criticism, that he might be a little, taking things a little safe. And I, I think that is possibly the only criticism you can come with. Now, honestly, PJ can, might come out and play great next year, and then I'll look like an idiot. But it was a safe pick. I don't think anyone can 
can say that it wasn't safe. His ceiling isn't going to be that high, but I think Kupchak so far has done fairly well with the, the hand that was dealt to him. Um, I think he does get criticized because it seems like he's tentative to pull the trigger, and Hornets fans are so tired of waiting that I think that they he's getting un, he's not getting as much patience as he probably should. So I do think that that is possible, and I, that was a really good question, and I appreciate you, you you sending that to me. The next one is from John at LFCLJ, which I don't know what that means, but I want to give him his credit. Uh, he asked, "Do we? Do I think we'll bring back Lamb? And where do they finish without Lamb? And if they don't bring him back, and uh, who who should we be targeting with the MLE? Um, to to be short with this, no, I don't think Lamb will be back. I think Lamb's going to command anywhere between twelve and fifteen million dollars a year from a team who needs creation and scoring. Um, wing is a is a very in demand position." every year when it comes to free agency and he's young enough where teams are not going to be worried about signing him to a three or four year deal, which a lot of the guys in that, in that, in this group are older. There's a lot of guys in in the wing position, shooting guard, small forward type that are older. So teams are going to be more tentative to give them longer term contracts. But I think lamb is one of the few that can go three years, even could go four years maybe with a team option or a player option, to a team that's on the rise and wants a, a, a steadying force with a group of young guys, he seems like he'd be a good fit. So I do not see them bringing him back, which sucks because he has become one of my favorite Hornets. Um, I, I, think without, I think they'll be all right without Lamb um, because Lamb wasn't used correctly in my opinion last year um i think they'll be able to if bacon can come in and step up a little bit and then they can get you know some fill-in minutes from if they get anything from monk you know but they are really really thin at the shooting guard position so they're they're gonna have to do something that's why i thought they would address that in the draft but the maybe 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 mitch has got something up his sleeve and so that leads me into who do I think we're gonna go after with the MLE? The 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 scary part is, um, we not we, we might not even be able to use that because I might put us over the salary cap or the tax, and with the reports of them not wanting to go into the tax no matter what, uh, that makes me nervous that they're just going to hold on to that and not be able to use it. So, but I do think if they can use some of it, they are going to need to go to two different things. They're either going to need a, a rim-protecting center who can who can move, or they have to go like a Dwayne Dedman type, or they're going to have to they're going to have to shore up their shooting guard small forward um, that position. Maybe a combo guard with some length that can play in a small ball lineup. Because right now, even if Kemba comes back, your small ball lineup is not that small because you don't have enough guards to to slot in um, and the forwards that you have, I mean, you can play Marvin at the center position, but you're still going to be playing basically three fours. So it's smaller, but not really that small. Um, so thank you for that question. Uh, and we have one more coming from one of the greatest Twitter names on, on Twitter, the black Don Draper. 
Love that. Every time I see that, I laugh. Um, he says the key words of, of this season are realistic expectations. And what does competing mean in the near future with Kemba Walker? And this is a, a very compelling question to me because this is what I have been... I've been zigging when everyone's been zagging. I understand that people, people want the big blockbuster trade, but I don't necessarily think that's the way to go. In my eyes, the realistic expectation for this team is for next year is going to be one of those years where you're just going to have to grind it out. You're going to have young guys. Sounds like we're about to have a thunderstorm, Ram. Yep, definitely going to have a thunderstorm. So you might hear that in the background. Um, so what they're going to be doing is they are going to be developing their young talent around an all-star, which is something that can work. And I think the realistic expectation for this team would be to be in contention for the playoffs and to see individual growth from the young players and to build that chemistry that a team like this needs to really surprise some people, some people late in the season and maybe get on a hot run as they finish the year and get into the playoffs, but also build that, that real tight-knit chemistry going into the following season when things break up, contracts drop off, and they can have realistic goals of getting somebody they want and, and filling the roster the way they want. So to me, realistic expectation would be competitive team that leaves it all on the floor, young guys who are improving. If you see that improvement from Bacon, Bridges, if P.J. Washington plays well, uh, I like the, the makeup of that. You, it's also a big thing is to find out what Monk is. Because if Monk doesn't do it this year, he's got to be gone. Because just the way... Just the way, if he's not going to get it now in this system with this coach, with these players around him, he's not going to get it in Charlotte, so it's time to move on. So if he's not getting it by, by trade deadline time, he's probably going to be shipped out maybe with one of those expiring contracts. So realistically, I'd like to see them compete. I'd like to see individual growth and team growth. in, And, and we got to remember that this is going to be, uh, this is going to be the coaches... Borrego's second year. So some of the things that he was working on before that he might not have really been able to put in because everything was in flux, this is going to be his year. So if, if we can see him put in his complete offense, his complete defense, if he has one, because sometimes I don't know if he does, but and to see what the same guys from last year can do, because as we close the year, we saw them play a little differently. So I'd like to see a full year of them playing that style with some improvement and some more depth from the young guys. And and I, I don't see why this team couldn't be an eight seed or a seven seed next year and then build on that to the following year. I think that is a very realistic goal for next year and then building on that to go forward. So that's what I that's what I'm looking at. Uh, I thank you all for, for sending in your questions. I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, we're going to take a break because I got to go grab a beer. So hold for one minute, and I will be back to uh, to break down some more information for you. And I got to check some numbers right before we do this. So I will return 
in a minute to finish the long shot, a Bring Back the Buzz podcast. Welcome back. I got my beer, so I'm good now. Pause it for a minute to let the thunderstorm pass, because that's always weird. Especially because I'm in my, my man cave, which is an old garage, which has a metal ceiling. So that's a little unnerving, but I think, I think we're okay. I think the danger has passed for now. So, we are going to move on to my next topic, which is the, the, the misconception that I keep seeing on social media, and that people keep banging the damn drum on, that a lot of people, I mean a lot of people, think that Kemba Walker should walk away, that we should let Kemba walk. And if you guys follow me, if you follow Bring Back the Buzz, if you follow, you know, a lot of the the more grassroots um, we don't get shit from the team type podcasts or people who cover it as a blog, uh, you know that that's really not the case. Um, I've had interaction with a couple of, literally, it's a couple. There's like three people who keep trying to tell me that the majority of the fans, like, if, my, the, what started the whole thing was my comment was, if, if, literally, if the Hornets lowball Kemba, which we've seen, I've seen multiple reports of them either lowballing him to try and stay under the tax or maybe trying to make the fifth year not guaranteed or not fully guaranteed. And I, all I said was literally if they lowball Kemba and he walks and goes somewhere else and they, they basically force his hand into not staying, this fan base is going to go irate. And I truly believe that. Um, but in order to demonstrate the, the the vast majority of people, I, I did a poll on Twitter, and I know, like, Twitter polls are not perfect, I understand that, like, it's a segment of of a group of, of fans, but I, I'm also part of uh, a Facebook page, or two Facebook pages, I'm also, I also follow Hornets Reddit, like, I listen to podcasts that I don't necessarily agree with, I, I absorb, because I'm not in Charlotte, because I live in Seattle, I'm not in the Charlotte media circuit, so the only way I really get coverage is via the blogs and Twitter. That's really the only way I can. So I listen to the podcast. I listen to, I listen to, or I, I, I talk to people that are in different groups than I would never, that I wouldn't be in, but I'm only there because I'm a Hornets fan. And the, the dominating fact is that most Hornets fans do not want Kemba to leave. There is a slight breaking point between how much people are willing to spend on Kemba, but to say that there's so many people that want Kemba to leave is just completely wrong. And I put a a poll on Twitter like four hours ago, and I told people, you know, I, I basically wanted the people who, because a lot of times what they'll do is I'll put the poll out because they asked me to put a poll out, I'll put the poll out, and then later they'll say, well, it's because it's just people who think like you. Well, I can't control that. But what I can't control is if you if you want your input on it, then you retweet it. You you send it out to your 
All these people who agree with you. So I did that. I started the poll. I did it four hours ago. Up until like 10 minutes ago, there were 681 votes on this poll. 53% of the, the fans said sign Kemba no matter what the cost. 53% say Supermax, I don't care. I want Kemba to finish his career in Charlotte. 24% said keep Kemba, but, you know, hope for a deal. Try and get a discount, which I, I completely understand. I completely understand maybe not wanting to overdo it. But still, by rights, you still want Kemba to stay. You don't want to not offer him a contract and let him walk. So that leaves 23% of people on this poll, on this unofficial poll, um, they don't want Kemba. They they don't want Kemba. They don't they, like don't even offer him. Let him walk. So that's 23% of fans. And I've realized something through through the discussions I've had with people and the different opinions. A lot of the people who don't want Kemba to stay are under the age of 20 years old. They're, they don't really remember the seven-win season. They don't remember tanking and not having it work. They don't, they're not vested in these teams like some of us who are a little bit older who have seen this franchise. And I, I mean, I'm not the perfect you know, person because I started late because I had the, the Sonics, but I was still a basketball fan. They have not understood like having six years of bad basketball to try and have good basketball and it not working. Minnesota is a great example. They had one year of playoffs in 14 years, and that was because they got Jimmy Butler, and then Jimmy Butler basically ruined their team. The young guys that they have, uh, they're very talented, but they have gone nowhere. I mean, how many times have we seen... This is why this... Okay, backtrack a little bit. Getting ahead of myself. My whole reason for wanting Kemba to stay, or one of my whole reasons for wanting Kemba to stay, is the belief that if you are going to rebuild in Charlotte, you're going to have to do it through the draft. And I understand that if you get rid of Kemba, you're probably going to suck worse, so you're going to get better picks. And I do understand that logic. But the way I go against that is that if you have great talent, talent in your young guys, but no one to guide them or lead them, you end up like the fucking Phoenix Suns. You have talented players who cannot win because they don't, they, they don't have a guiding force to help them get there. Do you think Devin Booker would be better if he had Kemba Walker standing next to him? Do you think DeAndre Ayton would develop faster if he had Kemba Walker next to him? Like, this is the logic that I don't understand. People will bang on Wiggins all the time, right? Andrew Wiggins. But he hasn't really played with anybody to teach him how to be a veteran. He hasn't played with anybody to teach him how to win. Same thing with Carl uh, Anthony Towns. These are amazingly talented young men who can't win. And it's because they don't have a vet to help them get there. If you put Kemba Walker on either one of those two teams for the last five years, the levels that those teams would have achieved would have been a, an amazing difference from where they are now. So why would I, as a person who knows we're not going to get big free agents, why would I throw away 
the guy who's going to be best for the young people as we go that way. That just makes no sense. Bridges is going to develop much faster beside Kemba as opposed to playing with another rookie who's struggling to figure out who he is and how he fits. You have to have quality vets in order for your young people to reach their full potential at the quickest possible rate. This is why no one wants, like, the amount of people who want Kemba to leave is limited to a small group of people who just watch highlights, who don't follow teams, who aren't passionate about the positive momentum a team can build through having a mix of young vets or young players and stars. That's how you win in the NBA, especially in a small market. If you let Kemba walk, you have to find two or you you would have to find not only would a if you drafted someone who would be normally a, a 10, let's say, if he's all there by himself, he's going to be an 8. Did we not see Anthony Davis go through this for 7 years? And the only time, the only season that they won very, you know, with any kind of regularity was the year that they brought in Boogie Cousins. Even though he got hurt, he was still there helping him. And Rajon Rondo, they brought in veteran forces because him and Drew Holiday hadn't been able to do anything. And now he's leaving. This, this That's why you have to keep Kemba there to get, get these guys better because even if you have a 10, he may only perform at a 7 because there's nobody with him. How On the other side, if you draft a guy who's a 6, if he's paired with somebody who can help him get better, he might reach an 8. This is why... You don't just throw away all NBA point guards. You don't just throw away guys who want to play in your city. You don't just throw away guys who look to the rookies and try to help. So let's just, I just wanted to stop that fallacy that there is this growing number of people who want Kemba to leave because it's just flat out not true. It's a noisy buzzy thing for people to say on on social media but the reality is people don't want him to go and as much as the observer and all of the other like paid outlets keep trying to push him away the fans do not want that so i just wanted to put that theory to rest that you may think that there's tons of people who want kemba to go but you're kind of on an island at this point. So please don't come at me again on Twitter or on, on, on Facebook or anything and act like I'm the crazy one because I want Kemba to stay. That will just about close the episode. Again, this is a Bring Back the Buzz pod. Make sure you check out Bring Back the Buzz on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, Um Check out, they just dropped a pod earlier today, and I listened to it before I did this, and it is really good. It's really good content. It's really funny. Um, so, so between us, or between me and them, you have a back-to-back track of Hornets talk to get you through this week of not knowing what the hell is going to go on with our team and hoping that we do not go from a team that might be strugg- or that struggles to a team that is just going to be god-awful. Um, so with that, I am Mark. Check me out at Hornet Sports Spot on Twitter. <laughs> and I will talk to you all later. Be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.